The fires are lit. Trixie is split this week on The Hapless Heroes. Oh, there will never be anyone like her. Hello and welcome to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I will be your host and dungeon master for this evening. We will, of course, start this evening the same way I start all of them because I don't need to be creative in this part of the podcast. To my right, we have Francesco as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. My only plan? Take none of the blame for suggesting that Hoblet use Trixie. To his right, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. I'm glad I didn't use the Sword of Justice on that thing. To his right, we have Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Ah, I'm still a dwarf. Joris. <laughs> Joris, Joris the, the Judger. <laughs> oh my god, that's awful. That makes me uncomfortable yeah. to hear. <laughs> I don't like that Judger word. Whatever. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want to get Judger. Yeah, it doesn't that. actually sound... It isn't actually anything, but it sounds like something I shouldn't be able to say in public. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> the or the Jaker, and the Jandeljik Jaker. No, like getting worse. Nope, it just it, it feels icky. Don't it try to judge it up, Zach. The Jandeljik Jaker. No, the Jandeljik no. Jaker doesn't like that. <laughs> Why? What is wrong with it? Because anyway. my brain. Is I'm just glad the juice is not part sick of this. person. <laughs> <laughs> to her right, we have Zach as Pregnart. I'm hungry. To his right, we have Phil as Hedrick, the Entertainer. Me too, little buddy. To his right, we have Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Uh, always at my service. And to his right, we have James as Hoblet the Smasher. Good evening, friendos. And we left off last time with uh, something of a, um, well, it was a thing. And it happened. It was a very significant thing. Why don't you care to just refill the audience or remind the audience what a horrible thing just happened that I totally did not suggest for Hoblet to do before he did it. Yeah, so Trixie became Thrixie. Ugh. Um... It's split so in I've twain. Been, I've been... I've been done taking the time since we all last spoke to think, to really think about how I would react right now. How Hoblet would react. And he's a little... So Felix, you're straight, man. We're good. You're fine. Wasn't your fault. Magic happens. I feel like I wouldn't be mad at Felix. Okay, that's good. Even though I like to be mad at Felix, this is, it would be a stretch. To say this is my fault? That's great. Right. Felix didn't swing the hammer. 
I did so, not. So, I really feel like like he would be a little bit broken. Like, he, Trixie and I have been through so much together that if everyone's all right with it... It is literally think, the only weapon you've ever had the entire right. time you've played this character. In fact, you've been given other magical weapons and you've just been like, nah, fuck that, I don't want this, and continue yeah, to I use. Yeah. I feel like yeah, this yeah. is a moment of, like, a Trixie Hoblet montage flashback. Right. I mean, all, yeah. all the things how this killed the moment <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. of all the, the major moments. <laughs> and that's like I don't that's be. really where I'm, keep going, keep going. I like it. I like it. I I'm just gonna pick the pieces up and just kind of walk over to the corner and just like stand there. <laughs> like I'm just wait, like facing like into just, the corner. No, but not necessarily facing anything. Like whatever, you know. Like just like he's broken. He's literally he Hoblet never had a wife. Don't got no kids. He is broken. Right he now. just had this How killing machine hammer no <laughs> that he knows about. Right, but. <laughs> We'll try to try to lighten the mood with a little music. Sure. <laughs> All right. For those who don't know the name of that song, it's "Pick Up the Pieces." Oh <laughs> my God! Your average white band. Just a by an average. Solitary tear rolls down his cheek. Uh, I I feel, I feel like we're all kind of standing there a bit stunned because I don't I, I certainly don't know what to say. No. Yeah, I so. I mean, Trixie's been there for a lot of us. Trixie's helped us all out. Uh, Pregnard goes over and tries to give uh, Hoblet a little hug. I'm I'm in no position to resist anything, but I'm reciprocating nothing. I'm just <laughs> standing there, shattered. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's going off on, in the corner of the room, right? Yeah. Yes, and Pregnart is hugging okay. me apparently. Yeah, Gerald <laughs> kind of walks up to the the big altar, like you know, pokes at one of the two pieces that's just sort of like you know rocking there, like like wobbling on its side. Mm. Ooh. And he kind of walks uh, back into the middle of the room. Um, so who's in the middle of the room? I mean, I was right by Hoblet when that happened, so... Yeah, so you're still by the forge itself? Yes. With that, like, still, like, molten ingot is atop the, the magic anvil. Yeah. Uh, und- essentially undisturbed. <laughs> the oh, one yeah. that cracked Trixie. So, um, he, uh, leans in towards, uh, you, Felix. So, uh, whatever you guys have done here, and whatever he's done having the sads over there on the corner, let us know, we'll go down to maintenance and patch it up. Oh, you can do that. Aye. You gotta do, you know, somewhere you gotta go to, like, 
maintain and sustain all this stuff. Of course, you can fix stuff down there. Wait, that's that's exactly what I've been looking for this whole time. In fact, you've been looking for what? Uh, where this place is maintained and sustained. Oh, well, yeah, you're a maintenance shop. What do you think maintains and sustains any big building? Apparently, the maintenance shop. How could I be so Hi. stupid? <laughs> See, Hoblet is not so bad. I mean, shoot, you might even have a Wait, chance to make chicks. Just, 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 just let him sulk for a second. Just let him sulk for a yeah. second. Let, let, let him think it's actually still a problem. It's kind of fun. If the group leaves, oh, if the group leaves, I'll go. But I'm still, <laughs> until she's whole again. Like, sure, but she's special to me, so I don't think anyone can fix her, like... You better, you better make sure you picked up every piece. Every piece. I looked 16 times. Felix, this is no time to be selfish, okay? Our friend's heart is broken. You're right. You're right. You're right, Hedrick. You're right. Now, Hoblet, this could be a chance to make Trixie even better than she was, man. You're yeah. in the best place to make that happen right now. She was yeah. perfect. She was perfect. My she girl. will be now he's on the stage of anger. <laughs> of like course he is. Somebody get this man. need her back. Dastardly. Yeah, Dave, you no, you're definitely certainly not setting this up for that. <laughs> I was going to say, Chris was already bargaining. pretty special. James, you got to start bargaining next. Right. He's yeah. he was yeah. first in denial, then he went into isolation. He's already went through anger. <laughs> yeah. We've got a sixty minute episode to get through your five stages, so yeah. just you know, yeah. please get out of court. We can just yeah, get her back to eighty percent, maybe. You know, we can have a hell of a <laughs> <laughs> if we follow these beats, we could probably have a hell of a narrative arc here. You know what? I'm okay. I'm okay with this. <laughs> no no no, we're not jumping to acceptance this early. Come on. What was I just saying? I'm just kidding. I just wanted you to have little sound bites for all of them. <laughs> what's the what's the second D? Depression? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah, John John should know this. <laughs> well, did we skip denial? No, denial is the first one. Yeah. Denial's okay. first. Depression second. I flew through denial. Anger third? No, Anger's uh, second. It's Dabda. Oh, okay. Denial, Anger, uh, Bargaining, Depression, Acceptance. I do it a lot, you know? That's my schedule for the day. It's my to-do list for every day. I, I thought it was Dabda. straight value, yeah. and I, I was thinking of the dentist system. Oh, God. <laughs> if I can get them depressed, I'll have done my job. <laughs> Engage emotionally. <laughs> Neglect. Completely. Separate entirely. And uh, yeah, so we're yeah we're back in the room here. Um, uh, yeah, so whatever, whatever you guys are doing. We're walking, I guess. We're going to the heart of the center of the repair We're going place. to maintenance. Yeah, we're going still to bargaining, I think. Yeah, we're, we're, we're bargaining our way to maintenance. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. What would I even fight with right now? 
You still have that magic mace I gave you at like don't episode care. thirteen. <laughs> I don't think I know, you I've ever never did. swung it once. Oh, I did one time. I forget what we had. Yeah, no, it's exactly once. The gambler's mace. Grab, grab one of these battle axes on the way out of here, man. You oh, can smash there will never be anyone like her. Well, I know that, but shit. Here, just hold it. Just hold it. Never. <laughs> Jarrell takes it from you and he'll just carry it for him if he needs a weapon. <laughs> he literally has more weapons on his person. He right. just refuses. To... By the way, whatever audience member in our Discord was asking whatever happened to that gambler's mace, there's your answer. Like, it's always been there. He right. just refuses <laughs> to use anything besides. I crack crab. There are, there are only two classes of weapons Trixie and not Trixie. Right. And he doesn't have proficiency in not Trixie. What's the point? <laughs> when you have something so beautiful, what's the point? I know, that thing was already enchanted to be so light that you can wield it in one hand. I mean, what are you going right. to do? Wield it in one hand. My other uh -huh. hand free to do other hand things. Well, I mean, it's in, <laughs> in both hands now. Ritualized, probably. You were using mithril and trying to smith steel with mithril? It was silver in mithril, actually. Okay. <laughs> silver and better silver. Silver right. and better silver, essentially, yeah. yeah. And now she is no more! Yeah, the dwarf, now known as Joris, approaches Hoblet um, with, with a, a, wine, a bag of wine that, you know, has again seemingly appeared from nowhere. Oh, says, finally! Ah, ah, brother! Fight with this! Someone who gets me. <laughs> it's like you've known me. Thank you, friend. Friendo. I I appreciate this more than you could know. Ah, you're welcome. He just starts slugging away. Not 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 down the whole thing. I'm assuming it's a nice size bag. We're just I'm slugging and walking. This is depressed. one of Clangadin's bags of wine. After a couple sips. Hoblet turns around and like they make eye contact and he kind of like I'm mad depressed and feeling fucking loopy you know oh, we moved down to depression now yeah okay so I okay, just good. I just make eye contact and like how you playing this friendo like that's that's basically what I'm saying to you with my eyes I can take I two sips in I knew what it was but I don't say anything out loud. I just look at Boris and I'm like, Boris hmm? hey, looks um, around to make sure that nobody else is paying attention and then pulls down the beard, which is clearly adhered with bubble gum and then sticks it back on quick. Hoblet smiles and just keeps walking. Gross. Yeah. I was going to have you make an intuition check like with like the you know, barest of thresholds to cross, but yeah, that, that works. Nope, I'm just going to keep walking. I got too much on my mind to deal with Boris right now and her multiple personalities. Um, Joris. <laughs> yeah. No, but now I know that it's Boris. Yeah, we know what Joris does. We just can't say it out loud. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yes, up this 500 feet of stairs to the Great Hallway. And um, Joris and Jim with two M's. Uh, lead you to the furthest northeast door. Mm -hmm. This one is 
not quite like the last ones you've came out and went in, where the others were like this really sturdy oak with iron bands. This is... Well, it might have been a sturdy oak door at one point, but it's since been patched with uh, what appears to be some kind of plywood. Like, it's just a little askew. It doesn't quite sit in the hinges just right. Like, the kind of care normally re reserved for other parts of this building definitely doesn't seem to apply here. Felix, are you sure this is the place? Don't ask me. I'm the ones being... I, I, I asked to be sent to me. Taken to maintenance. If this is where maintenance is, then it is the place. It just seems particularly undwarven, but okay. We'll see. Hey! Gerald grabs the handle of the door, and he's got to shake it a few times before he's able to wrench it open, and it kind of pops open, flies open, bangs against the wall, bang, just the whole thing kind of shakes and rattles on its hinges. Hey! Down here! Mind the lights! And, uh... He leads the way down this hallway. It's kind of dimly lit by flickering torches. Kind of go out every now and again. They'll be out for like 10 seconds and then kick back on with a splutter. Seems like this maintenance area could use some maintenance itself. Are you saying that out loud? Yes. Aye. Except, you know... We haven't really been able to do much maintenance since they put us on guard duty. Oh, it makes sense. I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging I, or, or saying. I, I just, just, just commenting, just on my, on my yeah. surroundings. Kind of muttering to himself now. <laughs> it's all about maintaining everybody else's shop. Time to actually take care of ours. Oh no! He stumps his way down what appears to be an equally long but much narrower and um, shabbier flight of stairs. This one, instead of going straight, goes down maybe 125 feet, hits a landing, turns around, goes the other way, down another 125 feet, turns around, goes down yet again. And kind of ends at this uh, long hallway. When I say long, it's, you know, 10 feet wide, 10 feet high, probably about 125 feet long. And there are stacks of crates every 10, 15 feet that you have to navigate your way around to get down this hallway. It leads you down. You can notice some of the crates are broken open, have some ingots in them. Um, some of them have some axe handles. One of them is full of buckets. Just regular metal buckets. Box of pails. Yeah. Okay. Any workbenches yep. and other things in here? Um, once you get down to the end, uh, he opens a door that uh, this one, to his credit, actually works. Uh, it's plain utilitarian. Looks like a solid wood door. Opens it and leads you into a room, probably about fifty by fifty. The first thing that hits you is the smell of dirty grease. Felix, you're reminded instantly uh, of that. Okay. The, vision the rest of you. Yeah, it's kind of funky down here. 
this is the right place. No, it's a little hu- it, It's almost a little humid. The air's like moist. It's not good. I hate that word. Piles of shit everywhere. There are um, some crates, uh, a whole pile of broken swords. Quinn pulls out his cologne and just squirts a little bit into the air. Quinn, if you pull out that bottle of cologne one more fucking time while we're here, I swear to God I'm smashing it on the ground. I don't care how expensive it was. (laughs) You just don't appreciate good sense. I don't care about that. See what I did there? See what I did there? I hate it. (laughs) You must be very pleased with yourself, Quinn. Always. Always pleased. Yeah, you really like to pleasure yourself. Mm -hmm. I do. (laughs) I do. It is true. The smell lingers in the air for a good 15, 20 seconds before the uh, liquid kind of, you know, just sort of settles and, you know, condenses and falls. Leaving that kind of funky, greasy smell still in the air. So I'm going to look at Jarell and just be like, yeah, this is definitely the place. This is exactly what I feel like I experienced, like, in those visions I was having. Well, it doesn't seem like there's much to activate here how can we possibly bring zero here or or even an army of people well i'm looking around now i mean like you know it's a pretty mundane place but like are there any workshops are there even any ruins of like maybe like what used to be here there's all kinds of stuff going on in this room starting from the door you came in on the left, there are a few workbenches, what appears to be several clocks and other clockwork devices in various states of disarray and disrepair. Um, as you get over to the left side walls, um, it looks like there's sort of a storage area here, uh, several racks full of uh, crates of various sizes, a few boxes, um, some even made of metal. Uh, as you get further up, there's uh, sort of a small little library area. There's uh, a few books, what appear to be mostly binders, technical manuals, um, an entire like rack full of tubes of blueprints. Um, let's see, on the back wall of the room, there is uh, another workbench, uh, this one with uh, some weapons in repair. Um, At the far end, there's uh, like a red door that's sort of battered looking. Um, Kind of crunchy, a little greasy. And then over to the right, it looks like uh, there's an area where um, there's looks like maybe a small engine maintenance or something like that. It's definitely where the grease smell is emanating from. There's a lot of uh, like blackened metals over there. Uh, some drums of possibly some kind of lubricants or petroleum items or something. Who knows? The rest of the room is similarly cluttered and full of crap. Uh, there's definitely uh, noises in the air, some dripping uh, going on uh, in what appears to be the back right corner from where you are. Uh, some of the clocks are ticking over on the um, over on that clockwork bench. 
Um, otherwise, the room just sort of looks like a place where things are fixed and some things are stored, and occasionally the guys who work here even have lunch. Uh, Jarrell will walk over to the uh, table with the weapons on it and say, uh, is this where we're supposed to fix Trixie? And then he will look at the red door is close to that. Yeah. Uh, he'll kind of like open that door to see if there's anything else. Like none of this seems useful to him. The door. Um, yeah, you can't open it for one. It has no mechanism by which you can grab to open it in two. Well, what? There's no mechanism by which you can grab to open it. We'll start with that. Okay, so no pushing on it would work. Pushing on it yields no results. It right. is pretty pretty solid that way. Um, while he's investigating that, I'd like to walk over to the table with clocks on it. Okay. Are they all ticking away, or are there a bunch that are still like waiting? Oh, no, there? most of them are in disrepair and parts. There's only one or two that are ticking, and you'd have to probably look through the piles and stacks of them that to find which ones are. What are the rest of the dwarves doing? Um, it seems uh, Gerald and Jim are reading some literature uh, over on a table towards the middle of the room. Uh, the others are similarly just sort of milling around. Okay. I have a real quick before I go further on my crazy line of thinking here. Um, I'm going to flip down my magic detection goggles. Are any of the clocks magical in any way? They are all magical okay. to one form or another. It looks like some enchantments on some of the springs to keep them eternally wound, that sort of thing. Nothing like seriously magical but lots of mundane magic involved that's 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 fine there are they are magical there's like minor magical properties to these clocks felix is going to be sitting there just wishing that you know i wondering and wishing out loud that boris was here because he has a a minor plan and needs some assistance for some raw materials that boris has in her possession of which i am curious to see how they interact with said clocks that are magical. Mm. It's a pity that Boris isn't here. It really is a pity. Yes, uh, Hobbit, after a brief pause, if Boris doesn't say anything, Hobbit's just going to be like, forget that. I need to fix Trixie. Yeah, well, I was just trying to... Never mind. I need to... F uh, this was Jara. Like, I, my plan was to... You, Tang you know, tangentially use this as a potential fix for Tracy, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll figure out another way, buddy. Don't worry. Jarrell will clear off the uh, weapon foraging table. Yep. It's pretty easy to find places to put most of the stuff. And uh, Gerald uh, stumps over from the table after folding up the technical document and uh, walking over there. Ah. All right. So we're looking to fix this hammer of yours, huh? Of course. Ah, ah, put it up here. Come on. I, with the perhaps more care than he's ever handled anything in his life, he lays the pieces uh, 
out on the on the anvil in front of the guy. And then he quickly turns his back away, I guess, but he's like peeking over his shoulder. Ah, all right. All right, what do we need? What do we need? Be gentle. She's she's a special lady. <laughs> ah, she is. So this is a specialized tool. For sure. Ah, so what do you prefer to use this tool as? If there are things in the world that I don't really care for, that's my tool for smashing them. <laughs> ah. Elemental. Exactly. It's such a fucking stupid way to describe it. There are things in the world that I do not care for. Man, beast, doesn't matter. Things, anything. I don't like you. You're getting smashed. They all get smashed. They all get smashed. One way or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he does best. While everyone else is focused on the table, Joris uses the uh, milling dwarves to mill towards the clock area and and uh, just puts a few clocks down armor. <laughs> or that's what it would look like. What is is Joris shoving clocks down someone else's armor? No, no, her own armor and sticking them into one of her pockets in her regular armor, which is under her dwarf armor. Okay, Joris is in possession of six broken dwarven clocks. They're all broken in different ways. When We'll find out if we ever actually get to those. We definitely... Still a mystery mousecatool to have laying around, I suppose. Next time we do a recap, we have to find out what's in Boris's possession. All, just like all a, the things. Just like, yeah. She just have to do an inventory read of all the things on her <laughs> that she's added to her sheet since the last time we spoke. <laughs> uh, Gerald turns to uh, you, Hoblet. Elemental true silver. That's what we're going to need to glue this whole thing back together. We're also going to need a really big hammer. And I pull out the, the gambler's mace. Is that big enough or is that not? Mm. <laughs> mm. Tell me about this hammer. <laughs> to be honest, most of the time I forget I even have the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I this sheet doesn't have the specifics of it written down. It's something like it depends on what I roll, depends on the damage. Like the type of damage it is? No, like if shit. It was like if I roll an odd number to hit. I deal half damage, but if I roll it an even number, it deals double damage. Yeah, it's or like something when you like when that. you when you declare an attack with the with the scambler's mace, you roll a d12, and yeah. uh, so before you roll to attack, you roll the d12. If it's odd, you roll a disadvantage. If it's even, you roll an advantage. Uh, 
That's what it was. Mm. That's interesting. Couldn't take it if it means I'll get my Trixie back. I was wondering if you wanted to add it to your Trixie. Do whatever you feel is necessary. Yes, here, take it. Mm. So do you trust me? <laughs> Who is this asking? Uh, this is Gerald. Gerald or Jarald? Or Jarl. Aye. <laughs> Jarald. Jarald. Uh, <laughs> Hoblet's going to come over to him and kind of grab him by the shoulders and just kind of say, Do you trust your own skills? Aye. This is my workbench. Then I trust you. Do your best. <laughs> Someone could grab me something to drink in the meantime. Hey. You might not want to look at this power. Uh, Boris, what's your name? What's your name? Joris. 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 Can I get another one of those bags of ale? Hi, uh, of course. <laughs> so I'll take some of the clanging and wine over to uh, to Gerald. Oh, I thank you. Gerald takes a big swig and shudders. Oh. His eyes roll back into his head momentarily and then snap back into sharp focus. Aye, that's the stuff. Uh, you did say we were drunks, and you weren't wrong. I definitely hope not. Aye! Sets the bag down gingerly to the side. You might not want to look at this part. He takes uh, the two halves of Trixie and sets them down on the workbench. He takes the gambler's mace and sets that down on the workbench. He steps away for a second and grabs the really large hammer. comically large it is yes it is a <laughs> comedy mallet like that like almost like a like a pony keg on a stick that he's got in his hand but like metal yeah is it uh like spray painted with like a caution yellow it says bam along the side of it <laughs> yes but the paint is chipped and fading badly <laughs> This has been well used. You got that uh, elemental uh, true silver, right? Yes. Good. Hand it to me. He grabs it in uh, his left hand. With his right hand, holds the comically large mallet, smashes it down onto the pieces of Trixie and the gambler's mace. They both shatter. He lowers it down and smashes it on them again, and they shatter even to smaller pieces, maybe almost an inch to two inches across. <laughs> now this is where it gets good. He pours the elemental true silver onto it and starts pushing it together with his hands. You can see his palms glowing, like almost phosphorescent white as he does this. 
you can see the the uh, like any liquid that may have been on it, like sizzling and boiling at his touch, pushing in like on both sides. Another hiss as he pushes in at the edges, and you can see the individual pieces stay kind of in the shape they were, and the they sort of form together in what's almost like the best shape for them, with the elemental true silver in between them. And if you've ever seen uh, Kintsugi, uh, the Japanese art of like putting together like broken uh, ceramics with gold, like if you look that up, that's what this looks like with the true silver like almost as like a spider web of veins in between the black pieces of the gambler's mace and silver of Trixie and forming it into a slightly larger uh, head of a hammer. And then uh, forging that onto uh, the uh, shaft of the Trixie was previously on. After about 20 minutes of just pushing and polishing it with his hands, it's whole once again. It's probably a good 15% bigger than Trixie was, like at that. And he hands it back to you. Aye, take good care of her. I like to say I always do, but thanks, friendo. Welcome. You'll have to uh, spend an evening attuning to uh, new Trixie to uh, find out what she's all about, but you've got some things in store for you there. Okay, that's it. Yeah, super Trixie. Cross the gambler's mace out. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it will now be something you can invoke, where if uh, once a day, if you call uh, out a command word, you can invoke the text of Gambler's Mace on top of Trixie's damage. Sounds like a plan, Stan. So the, you know, call it out. You say you want to do it once a day. Uh, yeah, advantage or disadvantage. By... Well, I okay. So, the powers of that maze were not like a once a day thing. They were just like a you can choose to do this when you attack, right? Because the fact that you're always gambling, whether it's going to be advantage or disadvantage, you know what I mean? Okay, all right. Oh, so that was you could choose to do it. It wasn't always on. It wasn't always on. But it's like when you declare right. an attack, okay. you can choose to roll the d12, and if you do, right. odds disadvantage evens advantage. All right, then that'll be what it is. I thought it was an always-on effect, uh, and since tricks and since the gambler's mace was used zero times in the last two hundred sessions or so, right? Give it yeah, a chance to like day, you know yeah. be impactful or be horrendous. You know what I mean? You never know. It's you're literally because like, again, it's 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 right. It's, a, it's not it's a superstar mace. It's a roll it's a of the dice before. Mace. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and the other part is just going to be plus three is the standard. Plus three. Look, end game, folks. Yeah. We're fighting gods. Plus three is the standard. Plus three it is. How do I get a Rod of the Pact Keeper plus three now? Give me a D spell save DC of 21. Because that would be sweet. Yeah. We'll get there when we get there. No, it's fine. Not that the action isn't going to be escalating at a similar pace, but... Oh, yeah. Look, the action needs to be escalating. All right. So anyway, back to the scene. So Trixie has been reforged, and there needs to be an evening of attunement. Tender attunement. Yeah. But in the meantime, in between time, um, let's see. There was Jarrell, who uh, up until now had had no luck with the red door. 
<laughs> is there anything else you're doing to this door, Jarrell? Um, no, not not really. Okay, not really. You know, doing anything close to it or anything. Okay. Well, I mean, I would I would be near it still, kind of watching Trixie yeah. get reformed, but I couldn't figure out a way to open it. So. Okay. Um, I I anyhow. <laughs> say Jarell is like struggling to open this door. I'd like to help him out. Oh well, I figured Felix was still busy over by the clocks, but uh, oh, yeah. I was. Well, I mean, I was, I was there, you know, lamenting the fact that you know Boris isn't here, and I kind of needed, I need, I need her for that. Okay. All right, we can, we can, uh, we can get to that. So we're going to say that uh, Felix is in transit over sure. to Jarrell yeah, at the moment. That's fine. I want to visit what Pregnard is doing because uh, uh, we haven't really looked in on him. That's lately. true. He's been, he's been milling. Is, is there anything Pregnard should be doing? Because I feel like he's just watching everything go down. I don't know. Does Pregnard find any interest in what is here? Pregnard could be doing whatever the fuck you want Pregnard to be doing. I don't know if they're actually yeah. going to stop. Like, if you crazy don't, storm. Yeah. yeah, if you don't yeah, want to be doing anything uh, right now, that's fine. I just want to make sure that no characters are overlooked, you know? Oh, no. I think, <laughs> I think he's kind of just taking a backseat to the goings on of this one okay no that, that's that's cool and understandable um uh hedrick do you have anything going on right now he's probably just playing to the dwarves i mean if nothing else he's interested in what they're doing base that he's in i mean yeah. this, this work is going on and he really just does not want to get in the, the professionals to stay at work and he's just playing to the rest of the people in the room yeah, so the 13 plus 1 dwarves are uh, sort of milling about, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of weird how it goes. It's like this mini mosh pit of just dwarves just chattering and talking and passing around ale skins and you know, drinking as they do. And it just seems to be moving around the room in a vaguely counterclockwise fashion, you know, taking a few minutes to get around. <clears throat> No one's really understood the phenomenon of uh, counterclockwise dwarf <laughs> positioning, but it's it's a real thing, and it happens. And Joris is swept up in it, because, I mean, it's just all the rage. So, uh, you guys do this sort of thing all the time? Do what sort of thing? Well, I mean, we're putting uh, Trixie back together, and, uh, I mean... Being guards and all, I just don't know how often you're down here in the maintenance room. Yeah, the rest of us, not so much. Gerald and Jim were down here for generations, you know, being grouchy old dwarves, because that's what they do, I suppose. The rest of us, though, we're all over the place. I came from food service. Well, because, I mean, originally, we're, we're trying to trying to get one of our comrades back up here to help out. He's a rather special feller with all parties involved being quite interested. And we need to protect this place. For some reason we were drawn what? down here. How do you say it? Is he like hot or something? I guess. I mean, you might think so. I'm not I'm not a dwarf. I'm not sure. You know, it's each their own. You know what I mean? I suppose so. Anyway, I mean, fixing things, yeah, we do that all the time. 
Unless we fix broken things down here. What the people who fix broken things down here fix broken things down here. You said so slop. Or did. I didn't even do that. Just guard the place. But you also obviously have a passion for crafting with this whole workbench situation you got going here. It's not uh, my workbench situation. I'm just part of the milling dwarves. You're not talking. This isn't Gerald. Right. This is uh, one of the 13. Plus my one. My bad. Well, remember when we all held hands there? I mean, I'm just I'm just saying there might be a reason why you know we were brought to this place. We're all connected. <laughs> we're all in this together. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Happy. All in this together. Hey, you're not the bard that sings. He can sing if he wants. <laughs> Shut up, Felix. All the reason why I used High School Musical. <laughs> I had We're All Connected, and I had a New York telephone jingle in my head because I'm <laughs> from before the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, we are the world right now. Okay. <laughs> yes. and We you are, are the people? You, you are slowly orbiting around the room still, you know, mostly just sort of BSing and you know, chattering with each other. Okay. Well, yeah. Any, any sort of information as to why we would be in this particular place? Because it very seems like like everything that we, since we've been here in these celestial realms, everything has happened for a reason. You know. So the point the point that we are down here in this room, he is along for this ride, but he's trying to soak it all in, stepping on Hoblet's toes or stepping on uh, you know anybody else. Why are we here? Good question. Why are we here? Because we're... Okay. We are seeking the, the Great Forge. Listen, we got this. We'll figure this out. It's a really great forge, but... Fixing things right now. No, but I think that's exactly the point. Um... I mean, like, look. metaphorically? <laughs> uh, uh, he is the, the god of creation. Right. So wherever he does his creating. I'm going to look at that red door again. Just stare at it. Okay, so Felix is looking at that red door. Just staring. For now. Uh, I'm going to look around it. Any, like, chains or anything, like... No. Hanging um, nearby? It's, it's or pretty solidly against the wall, but the one thing you do notice are some dwarven runes above the door. I, I can read that. I speak it too. Uh, it says in uh, in uh, some words above it, once spoken, am broken. Once spoken, am broken. Am? Oh. Uh I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna look at the door. I'm gonna walk up to it, and just say, "Secret." Nothing happens. Once spoken, am broken. Um, I think I got it, but I don't know that. I don't know that Hoblet's smart enough to get it. <laughs> if you got it, you got it. He walks up to the door and 
in his best hoblet whisper goes, Silence. But nothing happens. The room just responds with the usual tickings and drippings and other uh, sounds happening throughout the room. Once spoken and broken. <laughs> it's going to be something like Smash. I mean, let's see. If you think about Hoblet's history with Doris, it probably has nothing to do with this here, but it could be. <laughs> it's a chakra history. Once spoken and broken. I mean, I, I'm, I'm repeating this out loud. Those are really good guesses. Jarl's kind of backing away from the door now. Yep. The, uh, it was, appears to be some sort of oil drop thing uh, continues to make the occasional whoop over on the right wall. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just like on cue, first try, not even like some of the, clo yeah. some of the clocks in the black back left tick away. I'm just say am broken. I think Instead that might. I'm broken. Is there a particular sense to these words, or am I translating? I think you're thinking too much about it now. What do you think? What do you think about this? These these ruins on this door. Hey, Gerald. Uh, what do you know about I, that door? You don't go through the red door. Why not? What? It upsets the balance of nature. <laughs> Why do you say that? Rainforests and stuff. I don't I don't get it. Just I mean, don't do it. But like, what if we wanted to? You don't. What if we were told to? You weren't. <laughs> we were specifically instructed to find this room to bring uh, one of our party members here with us. He actually holds the soul of Morden inside of him. You were instructed to find the room that we're not even sure exists in the first place. Oh, we're sure. That ain't it, Sonny. Why are you being so defensive about this room? Doesn't matter. You can't get it open anyway. No, but better. Like, what if we were to? I don't know. We've never been able to get it open. Okay, that answers the question. Um. <clears throat> what do you need behind there? I'm setting the balance of nature. Um. I'll heed that warning, um, but currently we'll choose to ignore it. <laughs> what, if, what if that's the word? I'm not sure that's what heed means. <laughs> Almost like the opposite I, of what heed means. I've, I've noted your concern. <laughs> and I'm choosing not to action upon that at this time. <laughs> Hedrick will try to walk up to the door and, you know, while he's saying don't open it, just say, balance. Once spoken and broken. 
Secret and Silence are really good guesses. Trying to think of something along those lines. Um, I'm all, I'm also curious if there's something wrong with the translation because of the way that am is. I know how to read Dwarvish Durrell. <laughs> I read it the same way. I'm just not sure why it's written that. Just dripping and clocks ticking and. Yeah, time, seconds. Where? Um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Can I see where that dripping is coming from? Sure. It's over towards the right-hand wall. There's another uh, uh, kind of uh, lab area over there. It has, um, it looks like a pitch drip experiment, but it's not slow like that. It's, you know, periodically some sort of grease falls out of the bottom and gets almost sucked back up into this top area by a tube. It sort of sits on a swivel thing that you could flip it upside down or side to side, you know. Hmm. I got a bulb at one end and a beak at the other. Yeah, sure. I'm sure this means nothing, but I'm going to make the observation that this thing is written in broken dwarvish. Right. That's what I'm noticing, too. Yeah. I'm genuinely puzzled. AM is in like the morning. What? Like AM versus PM. <laughs> Anti meridian. Space between the first and second phrases. Too much space between the first and second phrases. Too much space up there. It's like the kerning is off. Hmm. I'm look around uh, here and just see if there's any other like, like any, like any other rune stones just kind of like lying around. <laughs> like, yeah, are, are we missing some a part of the phrase? Uh, Jara will help Felix look. Whoop. I mean. If you're looking for part of the phrase, just that that space in the middle uh, looks like there's sort of a smudge of oil or something in there, like in between the two of them. Oh, um, can I use press a digitation to clean the surface of that? Sure. There's the, the dwarven rune for I in the middle. So once spoken, comma, I am broken. I hate you. I was giving an opportunity for someone to investigate no one wanted to. I was I was trying to help Felix investigate, but I can't investigate for shit. That's why I use prestidigitation. But there we go. Once spoken, I am broken. Lock. Whoop. Door. Quiet. Peace. I was going to say quiet. Well, you said silence. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, but even... You got to say it in Dwarvish, too, probably. But listen, 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 listen. Like Everybody just stop talking. Everybody stop talking. I, I tell every all the dwarves milling about, everyone like having side conversations, everything like that. I just say, everybody just just for just for a second, stop. Like we just need I want complete silence. White noise of the ticking and the dripping. Uh Pregnart puts a uh a piece of like uh 
Oh no, he puts his little bag of sand underneath <laughs> the dripping. All right, Abe, you've sufficiently interfered with it. The dripping has stopped. Um, I'm going to frantically search through the clocks for which ones are still ticking and put those in my bag of holding. And I'll help him grab them. It takes a couple of minutes, but you do so. The room is silent. Pregnant farts. (laughs) (laughs) Accidentally. Okay, so the little... I feel like the door, like, immediately shuts closed. Yeah, yeah. the door starts opening. There's a little... The door stops for (laughs) (laughs) a few seconds, and then resumes opening. Wait, it does open? Yes, after the room is finally silent. That was well done. I'm just going to, like, put the finger to the nose, you know, to give, like, the shush without actually shushing anyone, but just, like, the finger to the nose and look for other people's acknowledgement. Edric will pinch his nostrils because it stinks. Because I farted. Okay, good. I mean, no one else is talking, so this is good. Mm -hmm. When the door opens, a glowing light comes out like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. And that's where I want to end this episode tonight. You. Yeah, I I, I know, but it just kind of, it felt right. It felt obvious, or it felt like I was being sufficiently horrible. I mean, you know, pick a pick. Uh, anyway, if you like us, we can be found on the internet. We're in such places Reddit slash r slash hapless heroes podcast. Uh, if you search on the Book of Faces, we are also there. Uh, look for Hapless Heroes Podcast. Um, on Twitter and the gram, at Hapless Heroes will also take you to our uh, socials there. All of those will take you, um, you know, via some sort of uh, sticky or uh, in our bio or something to the Crown Jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, where uh, it's really the place to meet, greet, hang out with, and interact with us. Uh, we can be found there discussing things that are both D&D and not D&D. Now, if you really also, like, I say, also, it's football season, so we're talking a bunch of shit in the sports channel, too, because let's go, Bills. Yeah, yeah, because um, I'm sure if you found your way here, or maybe not, this is uh, the Bill. very Bills Mafia kind of podcast here. Go, Bills. Bills. Anyway, um, I'm the stool pigeon of the Bills Mafia. I just rat <laughs> on everybody. Ooh. I'm gonna be yeah, shivved in Bill's prison. Zubaz <laughs> <laughs> uh, painted shiv. <laughs> Tom Brady could break both his legs. Now, if you really like us, you could leave us a five star review on the podcast service of your choice. Um, if your podcast service, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't allow you to leave a review or uh, you know stars or uh, you don't like anything about that you can uh, pop back into that discord we talked about earlier we got a channel it's called five stars you can leave us a review uh, there uh, wherever you do you leave, leave us a good honest review so that people looking for a podcast like us can find us and people who are looking for a podcast that's very much not like us can you know maybe not waste their time on something that might not be their speed um, but either way um, you know it kind of helps us find the right people like you, for example. Now, if you 
for example, really, really like us, you could donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash heroes. And um, any of those reward uh, tiers, uh, we have a few different membership levels, and they give different uh, kinds of rewards. You're not in it for the rewards. You're in it to, you know, support us as a podcast, and your support helps us by... Uh, taking care of our hosting costs and our equipment maintenance costs and uh, really keeps us going without us having to cut to some sort of, you know, really, uh, you know, flow-breaking mid-roll ad or just ads of any kind. You know, we don't really want to do that. We want to shout out the people uh, who matter to us. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, try to keep this sort of thing ad-free. And if you like us, right now you like us, Sally Field and the whole deal. That's right, I said it. Sally Field Ooh. and the whole deal. I said it twice this week. We'll make up for last week. Train a baby chimpanzee to bake a chocolate cake and give it to its grandmother on her birthday. And also train that baby chimpanzee to also uh, download a podcast and that'll be an extra birthday treat and the podcast won't even be ours it'll be another podcast and then the grandma chimpanzee will say ooh 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 ah ah and that translates to what the fuck is this this is a shitty podcast because it's not hapless heroes and we're brought <laughs> back around <laughs> we don't that's all I got this week <laughs> <laughs> I, I got nothing. There's nothing left to do but outro our podcast. Starting from my left is Hobbled the Smasher. We have James. Oh, she's back in my loving arms again. To his left, we have his Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. We have Mike. Always at my service. To his left, Hedrick the Entertainer, played by Phil. Ragnar saved us with his magical fart. To his, left, to his left, we have Pregnart, played by Zach. Forget Trixie, my poor bag of sand. <laughs> to his left, we have Mysterious Joris, played by Nicole. My beard's getting real sticky. <laughs> <laughs> to her left, we have Lord Jarrell the Light, played by John. Until next time. And to his left, we have the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, played by Francesco. We had a plan. And my name is Dave. I've been your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. We will see you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. Oh, Bye. out of here. We'll see you. Bye.